it's kind of like the weather. Right, dog? Again, how how's your Eskimo thing going right now? Because, again, you're dressing like an Eskimo essentially every day getting to work. Well, it's not a... I'm, I'm dressing like I dress in January. I'm just doing it in November. Yes. I'm not doing anything outside of my normal routine. I don't like... But you, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Walker, but I do not like being cold. And I will do whatever it takes to not be cold, no matter how ridiculous it makes me look. Yeah, you did say, I guess you dropped the, I'm going to wear a hoodie and I'm going to wear my tweed jacket over my hoodie yesterday. You did say that. The hoodie jacket combo. (laughs) It has a name. It's a familiar thing. HJ combo. Wait a minute. I don't blame you. (laughs) Wait a minute. JH combo. Everybody likes an HJ combo. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. You can check us out all on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. So the Charlotte Hornets, they avenge their loss to the Atlanta Hawks from Sunday, and they get that win last night. They get the 14-point win, so they actually covered in this game. If you did find yourself wanting to bet on the Hornets and actually doing that, then one, you're braver than I am, but also you got some money. 108 to 94, the Hornets do come out on top. And another performance, by the way, where you had other guys stepping up because Kimba didn't exactly have the most efficient night. Six of 19 from Kimba, Mm -hmm. 19 points, but Jeremy Lamb steps up, and we'll talk about him later on in the show. But Jeremy goes for 22. Mm -hmm. You have a few bench guys. Eight for Frank, eight for MKG, nine for Miles Bridges on 50% shooting. You got six from Tony Parker on 60% shooting. Cody Zeller had a million dunks all in the second quarter. It, guys stepping up when Kemba had got, another off night. Guys stepping up. I kind of like this a little bit better than when Kemba was just going all flamethrower and basically Super Saiyan <laughs> Kemba. I kind of like this a little bit more because there's more balance. It's a lot more sustainable. But the one thing I did notice from that game is – the Hawks' strategy of taking away the three and making them drive, it kind of worked. It would have worked against if it was a better team. Like It's something that you're going to have to watch going forward because I think people are going to try and emulate that, replicate it, and going forward, people are going to just continue doing it. I'm, just, I'm done with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh-oh. That's you're my tired t- of Atlanta? I'm just tired of them. They're getting on my nerves. They are so, they're not even, there's no yeah, art. Why are they getting on your nerves right Because now? there's no art to their game. It's Uh-oh. all, they're just running a giant science experiment out there. They know they're not going to win. So Trey Young taking shots from the logo. Why? Because he can. Because why not? Because they're not even competing for anything. And then they just happen to beat the Charlotte Hornets once. I'm just, how many times have we played them already? Seven? Yep, Eight? That's it. No, yeah. we played seven. We yeah. only have we only have a few more to go. Just oh three, my god, get them out of <laughs> here! Wait, 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 wait. Now, now I have to ask you, Doug. If you could hit from the logo, wouldn't you be taking shots from the logo? Oh, I'd be chucking. It's fine, but the, again, he's no, no, doing, no, 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 he's no, no, only no. doing it because the coaches basically said, "Look, we're not playing for anything anymore. So just go ahead and do whatever you want." Yes, and I would be doing the same thing, and so would you. It's playground basketball. This is the National Basketball <laughs> Association. Oh, I don't God. know if you know what those three letters oh, mean. God. The NBA. This is ridiculous. I'm Pat. I'm Pod Dad. You're Pod Grandpa right now. Yes, you are. You are 80 years old. You are just going basketball. Get off my lawn. What's right fun now. about what they're Are doing? Dunks okay. What's, 
what's fun about what they're doing? Do you mind if people dunk? Did you mind Cody Zeller's game last night? Did you hate the way that he played? The I don't game? hate three point shots. I don't hate dunks. <laughs> what I hate is a team out there not competing for anything, just running a giant science experiment in the middle of the NBA regular How season. How bad is it that they're not competing for anything and they still beat the Hornets on Sunday? And actually, had this be a pretty close game, at least through half. Guess what? They didn't beat them last night. No, they didn't. Yes, the Hornets actually got that victory. So good for Charlotte to beat Atlanta after a Milwaukee Bucks victory just the night prior or a couple nights prior to that. So a couple things to go over as we did with uh, with Cody Zeller, again, having a couple of dunks, scoring 19 points, and Jeremy Lamb as well. Like we said, we'd get to him later on. Malik Monk out with a quad contusion, playing a little bit in that game, but then coming out, Rod Boone tweeting this out. I believe, Nada, you said it doesn't look like he is going to play. We don't know for sure, but it looks pretty iffy at best with a quad contusion injury. I'd be surprised if we see him either Friday or Sunday. So I'm again, Dwayne Bacon. It's your time. Prove that you deserve the minutes and put Malik right next to Billy Hernan Gomez. It's your time right now. Well, you have to feel good if you're a Hornets fan, right? Because he has proven. Like Dwayne Bacon mm-hmm. has played well up to this point, and you know, so many of the Hornets have played well. I mean, everyone seemingly is improving on this roster. And uh, it's it's really exciting to watch Hornets basketball right now. Frank Kaminsky's improving because he's actually getting an opportunity to go out there and play. I'm sure he's making Adrian Wojnarowski happy with his minutes right now. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky playing and doing well, actually getting you double-digit points. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing in the world whenever we referenced that pod a while back. But Frank Kaminsky scoring a few points here and there now, actually getting some opportunity. He scored eight last night. He went three of nine, so it wasn't crazy efficient. But he hit a couple of threes. He hit a couple shots beyond the arc, playing 20 minutes Frank Kaminsky did so now Frank is this a guy that we can expect to be frequently in the rotation does this mean I have to say something nice about Frank I think it is nada I think I mean he's really do I have have to to be honest with yourself I, I have to be honest with myself and say for now the rotation he's in the rotation he will probably mentally crater and Billy will be back. Yeah, well, because Billy only played two, and we were told that he was probable in that Milwaukee Bucks game, mm-hmm. didn't play, and now he only had two minutes logged against the Atlanta Hawks. You wonder, because he was a guy, when you look at the nine, ten guys that Borrego likes to play, Billy Hernan Gomez, I believe he was the tenth guy in mm-hmm. minutes logged per game when he was healthy, and so now a couple of games now has dropped him a little bit further, but... Billy Hernan Gomez, again, it's not like they were playing him too many minutes. He's a defensive liability down there. He can score. We all know his ability to shoot from beyond the arc a little bit better than what Cody can. But defensively, he's been a liability. Now only two minutes in this one. I'm interested to see exactly when he's 100% if Billy gets back to those minutes and if he'll take them all away from Frank. I wonder, the bigger thing I wonder is, are they featuring Frank for something else? Or yeah. Because again, they they've essentially made their decision that they're probably like no gonna... Frank has value. Everybody yeah, like come exactly. and get Frank, and he's an expiring guys. Yeah, right. Now I could absolutely see that. You know, one thing that doesn't annoy me about the Atlanta Hawks though, just Uh-oh. one guy, Torian Prince. <laughs> Love to see Torian Prince out there scrapping it up, getting involved on defense, making the plays that you wish he would make for a team that's actually contending for something instead of running a giant science experiment out there. I wish that like you could gather up Tory and Prince and maybe a few other of these Tory and Prince like characters who don't have any shot of making the playoffs and just like allow these three, four, five seeds in the NBA playoffs to basically just call these players up. They each get one game that they can call a Tory and Prince up and say, jump on board. Doug, I apologize for dropping this on you right now, but my favorite Tory and Prince moment ever 
is when in the NCAA tournament, I believe, or it was one college game he played. I forget what game at it Baylor? was. Oh. Yes, when he was at Baylor, there was a question when he was sitting in, I think there was a press conference, and they asked him about getting out-rebounded by the other team. And he had the most smart-ass comment of all time about how they got out-rebounded and went in this long explanation. Can we find that? Is that possible for us to find it and play that? Is that a possibility for us here? Do we have the technology? We have the technology. All right. I would like to find that. If you type in Torian Prince rebound response, maybe we'll be able to find it. We'll move on while you're looking for that. Just real quickly, one other thing I want to hit on. I think the biggest key last night, Hornets outscoring the the Hawks in the paint. Yeah. If you'll remember, this game, they outscored them by like 25 or 30, and it was a huge deal for them yeah, to get the this Hawks victory. Yeah, and the Hawks beat them up in the paint last game. Sunday the Hawks outscored them by 30 in mm-hmm. the paint. And so now you could see Borrego and company say, no, nah, we're, we're going to flip this right now. And it really helped them get that double-digit victory. Be careful about that because I think that was intentionally by design. Essentially, that, and that's why I keep saying, teams are going to replicate this and go fo- going forward. They're just going to continue to do this. Take away the three. Frank only hit Frank hit half your threes last night. Think about that. Yeah. Kemba only had one. Frank had two. And I can't remember who had the other one. But at this point, that's something to watch going forward. So while they did beat them up in the paint, that was by design. Be careful. Just interesting to see it flip so much. And at least they were able to adapt in a certain way to win against the Atlanta Hawks. Granted, they should be able to adapt any kind of way and beat a team that's not necessarily going at it full force. But at least they got one. And it's good to see a Hornets win any kind of win, especially when you lose to teams like the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Cavaliers. It's the season of giving, and we're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month, just $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on, patreon.com slash LOH, patreon.com slash LOH. Real quickly, Doug, can we send him out with the Torian Prince quote? How does Baylor get out-rebounded by Yale? How's that happen? Are you directing that towards anyone? Gentleman who just talked about how yeah, he rebounded. He had the stat sheet. Tori? Tori, is Tori his name? Do, they yeah. have, they have you, more rebounds You, you said he got out-rebounded. I was surprised. You did. 36-32. How so, does Yale out-rebound Baylor? Um, you go up and grab the ball off the rim when it comes off, <laughs> and then you grab it with two hands, <laughs> and you come down with it, and that's considered a rebound. So they got more of those. Than we did. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm in it. love with it. I, and plus, that reporter—I forgot how much that reporter deserved it. it yes, it's a little, a little too much for me. God. The gentleman, the gentleman with the, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. the, uh, the sheet of paper, the gentleman, uh, Tarian, is it uh, Trayan? <laughs> that guy deserved it, man. Tori, Every bit of it. That—that's my favorite. I don't think there's anything Torian Prince could do on the basketball court that would ever knock that out as my favorite moment ever. Looking at just Torian Prince. Give, give it time. Give it time. Um, maybe. He's give a good player. Hopefully he does. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. More on Jeremy Lamb, his night, and maybe could he be priced out of the Charlotte Hornets salary to where they can't sign him again. We'll talk about that next here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those kind of glad he's gone. I, 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 one of the too. only players that has blocked Locked On Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah. He blocked us. Did we come at him for something? Or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
The Treyon. Is it Treyon? It's the it's the gentleman with the yellow, the bright yellow shirt on. So little did I know that you had this cold problem, that you had to have the hoodie jacket combo. I didn't know that you had such fear of being cold and such you just hey, hate doing it. Uh, um, but he's I not do. the only one. Right. Well, and now I have a product for both of you guys. Today's show is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Whoa. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. It is perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that loves the outdoors or hates being cold. That's where you guys come That's in. That's me. Yes. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm. Extra toasty, double toasty, go with Action Heat, even in the most frigid winter weather. They have heated clothes for every budget. They have gifts starting at 40 bucks. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. So stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Here's the thing about being cold. It actually causes your body pain. This is what I try to explain to people who tell me that summer is worse because they hate sweating. I'm like, sweat does not make you feel pain. It does not set off your central nervous system to tell your brain, ouch. Yeah. Basically, for everyone that was complaining about the heat this summer, I do want to punch you in the face. Now, the classic... Okay. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Right. <laughs> he wants to cause more pain. Action heat. He wants to cause more pain than just you being cold. The classic take on this is whether you'd be hot or cold. A lot of people like to go with, well, there's only so many layers that you can take off. But if I'm cold, I can put on as many layers as I want. But the problem is I see your point. I agree with it. And also, you're never in a relaxed state when you're hot. Like you can relax at least, even if it's hot as hell, you can relax at least a little bit. And at least you're in a position where you don't have to be shivering the whole time and tense the whole time, causing your body pain. Uh, I'm kind of with you on this. That sounds like someone who is a little too uncomfortable with being naked. Yeah, basically. Just naked and cold or just? Naked Naked and hot. I guess. I never really thought about that. Maybe I have bigger issues than I even thought. Jeremy Lamb. Doesn't need action heat. This guy is extremely hot from the field. Ooh. Jeremy Lamb, uh, we talked with Rick Bennell on, about this Tuesday, and he was discussing the improved play of Jeremy in the month of November. I went over those stats uh, on Tuesday as well after I, I did that interview with Rick, and, and the guy has really turned it around from kind of a rocky start, shooting under 40% in the month of October, but now shooting over 47% in the month of November, including a, a pretty decent, I think it's like uh, – 40, 35, I should say, excuse me, 35% from three. So Jeremy Lamb is is playing well here. Had 20 points against the Atlanta Hawks. And Rick Bennell comes out with an article today that Jeremy just might be playing himself out of price range for the Charlotte Hornets. And he, in his article, he says, quote, off the top of a front office executive that I asked on the top of his head, he said he could easily see some, time, some team paying Lamb an average of $14 million a season. That's easily $14 million a season that this front office executive that Rick Bennell asked that he said Jeremy could be paid. He also said, quote, this is where this gets sticky. If you assume the Hornets will have to offer Walker a max type contract to retain him, Mm -hmm. then Walker's next deal 
will be at least roughly $190 million over the next five seasons. And the caveat is, Mm -hmm. more potentially, if he is selected to an all-NBA team for this season. So you have Kimba. It seems like they're going to offer him that contract. And I think we would all agree that you should. So then you have Jeremy Lamb. Let's say he continues on this pace. He doesn't go too far above. He doesn't go too far under. Let's just say he continues on this. One, we all take that Jeremy Lamb. It's a it's a great season for him. Mm -hmm. But fourteen million, like you could even see with the calories, uh, the salary cap spike. Like you could even see the calorie spike. I know I was gonna (laughs) such an idiot, but you were going with the salary cap spike. (laughs) We didn't say anything. I know you stopped yourself because I do it all the time. I am. I, I feel like I have some form of dislike. Oh, yeah. don't, you're don't hungry. Know. You're yes, hungry. That's exactly. what's happening. And that might be it. A little bit of hot taco for you, maybe. <laughs> maybe some hot taco just got the best of me. But with the salary cap spike that you're going to see in the NBA, I could easily see Jeremy Lamb getting more than $14 million, and the Hornets have a real tough decision to make. Yeah, so can I. The big thing is we've gone over what this free agency is going to look like. Jimmy Butler's probably off the market. Clay Thompson's off the market. Kemba Walker's probably going to be off the market. There are two guard is probably the most scarce position in the league. So if you're a team that's desperate for a two guard, Jeremy Lamb might be the number one guy. So he could get more than 14. I think he's going to get closer to 20, honestly. Lamb right now sits at seventh among shooting guards in PER. That's higher than Devin Booker. That's higher than CJ McCollum. That's higher than um, you know future All Star Pat Connaughton. That's higher. <laughs> that's only two slots lower than Bradley Beal. Uh oh, which would be interesting. By the way, all I can think of now is Fat Jeremy Lamb with a calorie spike. Like if Jeremy <laughs> Lamb were to undergo a calorie spike, all I can think of is he gets paid, and all of a sudden he likes to eat. He doesn't hit the cold tub anymore, and all of a sudden we have a huge calorie spike for Jeremy Lamb, and the guys just Carmelo Anthony out there putting on the pounds, not contributing. Why, why we got to bring Melo into this? <laughs> just why? I'm just saying. That would, that's actually interesting. What would players be named if they had a calorie spike? <laughs> yeah. Fat Connaughton. <laughs> Fat, Fat Connaughton. <laughs> yeah, he's not putting those dunks out there anymore. I want all of that. I can't think of it right now, but I want you to come up with some more fat names for people. Well, Dan Levitard already did this, though. Yes, he did. So, they d- oh, they did the naming. Yes, they did the naming. This, this is a this is a complete ripoff oh. of a segment that Dan Levitard. Did. I'm a big fan of the show, and I didn't know. I just like the idea of the calorie spike so, hitting a player. Right. So the former Knicks great and Charlotte Hornets assistant coach, Fatrick Chewing. Right. You could have that. Fatrick Chewing is pretty good. Now it is. And also instead of Tracy McGrady, let's say he hit the calorie spike, and now it's Tracy McGravy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's You're good. on a Dude, roll. These are there, old Walker. names, these though. Did old. they do current names? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know. They definitely didn't have Fat Connaughton. I don't think Pat Connaughton was on their <laughs> list of NBA players that they gave a calorie spike to. I, don't I mean, think this is so something anyway. you can't just drop on us like literally. Last How about minute. this? How about this? We How have pre-show this? meetings for a reason. How about Walker? this? How about Bradley Meal? How about oh, that? Oh, <laughs> I like it. All right. So Bradley Meal. If if Bradley Beal, <laughs> let's see. It doesn't seem like he's got a calorie spike coming his way, but. Devin Cooker. Oh, I like it. How about this? How about this? How about this? How about Kevin McLovin' it? <laughs> oh, Jesus. McDonald's for you. I'll come up with some more. All right. Thank you very much. We'll move on. Speaking of Bradley Meal, Bradley Beal, <laughs> if he were to come to the Charlotte Hornets, we've had all of this discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the guy. We focused in on him being that second all-star that the Charlotte Hornets should focus on and go after. 
are there other guys? Like Because we've always talked about Bradley, and now it seems like there's this extended pressure to Mitch Kupchak to try to find some help for Kimba Walker when it's on Around the Horn, when Zach Lowe was writing about you, when Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith is talking about how fantastic Kimba Walker is. Now it's all about how can Charlotte get him some help. And so Bradley Beal seemed to be that guy. But what other guys are there out there? And, and we did discuss this before the show. Yes. So so the names I think we came up with, I can only think of just a legitimate guy to go after that a team might be trying to sell on. Kevin Love is the guy that comes to mind immediately. Exactly. Just as far as a guy that's out there that could be had, especially after, Cavalier, after the Cavaliers trade Kyle Korver. They're cap-stricken. And they made that, by the way, they made Kevin Love's deal. A lot they, easier to they, trade. They did. Yeah. They made it trade. So I wonder if Kevin Love would be a guy. Would you like that fit, Nada? Would that be somebody? Kevin Love after? is the guy. The only issue is Kobe Kobe, uh, Kobe Altman is out here fleecing people. Yeah. And <laughs> if we're talking about like what is what are the parameters of a Love deal? It's probably Marvin. It's probably MKG, and maybe even a like maybe a Bacon. There are certain things. Dwayne Bacon is his own calorie spike name. That is ahead. that is true. I just thought about that like right now, and I'm so mad. But it, when you start thinking about these things, like, do you have the pieces, and how much of that depth are you really sh- uh, shedding from this team, which has been a strength, an underrated strength of this team, basically? Yeah, and I wonder about that too. No, you bring up a point because at what point, like, not even just the future assets that people are scared to get rid of, but just even. When you get a Bradley Beal, how much team, does, how much better does your team get when you have Marvin Williams gone and an MKG gone to get rid of that salary, and even a Nick Batum gone in some yeah. cases? Like you get rid of that contract. I'm not making a case to hold on to Nick Batum for dear life. You get off that contract, but Nick Batum, you know, if you were to just say that is he playing good basketball or not, like we're disregarding the contract, he's actually playing okay right now. Exactly, he's been fine for like the last five to seven games. So, so, and and I would wonder how much are you willing to give up just for your role players in order to get a second All Star? It, it would be it'd just be something to think about, right? Like you're still getting rid of some of that money, but it's just an interesting thing of, okay, MKG, he's proven his worth, certainly defensively. Mm -hmm. If you got rid of him and you got Beal, but you got rid of him and Monk and a Bridges, at at some point you have to think about it. It's too much, but here's the other thing. I can think of the best corollary for this. Remember when the Knicks had to deal for Carmelo Anthony? Think about how much depth was robbed from that team. And we always talk about how those Knicks teams with Melo and and Amare on one leg underachieved. When you start thinking about that in terms of that that formula, how are you basically stripping any chance of really doing something special when you have to trade for those guys midseason? Real quickly, the other guys that aren't considered all-stars at all but could be maybe a high upside pick just to bring onto this team, D'Angelo Russell would be somewhat interesting. He's yes, a good he catch-and-shoot guy, which I think maybe that would work for this team, but also not a very good field goal percentage. By the way, I saw you arguing about Andrew Wiggins. Completely agree. Don't want to touch that no, contract. No. Don't want Andrew Wiggins on this team. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Calorie Spike, next Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory, it was a savory Chex Mix. There's you're a, an, a lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct, right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what not as particular, particular about, about my Chex Mix. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug Branson has proven himself to be an 80-year-old today, and so has Greg Popovich with some of his quotes. And what's funny is now you have two 80-year-olds going at it, and Doug not liking the quotes that Greg Popovich has given us here about the three-point game. Doug, you have those quotes for us? Steph McFlurry. Oh, you got the calories. (laughs) Calorie spike time. (laughs) I like we have two McDonald's references, by the way. Eric Bredsoe. <laughs> Julius Love Randall. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, yes. God, that might be the best. John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's just John Wall. No, I know. I, we got it. No, thank you. Aaron Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strong batch. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> a strong this. batch of calorie spikes. All right, I do have to actually. I was I spent all my time looking yeah. up those. Yeah, I you forgot, forgot about get, Greg Popovich. I forgot to get the pop quotes. The, the, yeah, exactly the, pop, uh, the popcorn quotes, the Greg popcorn quotes. So we have Popovich quotes about the three point game and how it's basically ruining the game of basketball. Basically, kind of the rant that Doug went on about the Atlanta Hawks, and then now he kind of refutes. He's very much double dipping. He's very much, I guess, refuting his own self. He is flippity flopping. I was about to say, wait a minute. I get called right. flippity flopper all the time. And here, here Doug goes and yeah. decides flippity to flip. Flip. Yes. Yeah. This is Doug. Yes, this, this is you. This is Doug right now. So, Doug. All right. Please. I had him on my phone the whole time. Sorry about that. <laughs> right, this is uh, Pop on three pointers. The, the big quote here is I've hated the three for 20 years. After a game, the first thing you look at is the threes. If you made threes and the other team didn't, you win. You don't even look at the rebounds or the turnovers or how much transition D was involved. You don't even care. Greg Popovich, man, like, I love my Give me a break. (laughs) That is absurd. Look, the game is changing. And, you know, we always think about Greg Popovich as the wise sage of the NBA, the guy who is out thinking everyone and getting ahead of everyone. And here he comes with this get off my lawn take, which to be fair, he said he's had for 20 years, but he just goes to the extreme with it here that he, that he just doesn't like what the three is doing to the game. Well, tough cookies. That's what's happening. (laughs) Tough cookies. Mind you, the banging sound is Greg Popovich banging on the door to get at Doug Branson. Right. Yes, he just died right there. Greg Popovich got to him. That was Doug's dying sound. Yeah, Greg Popovich, man, not his finest moment. And the one thing I met, like I see in that is this would be a lot. I think I think this would be a lot more acceptable if the Spurs weren't struggling from hell right now. Exactly. Like literally, this is all sour grapes. And while again, I, this gives me a chance to rail against everybody that put Pop on this giant pedestal as if he's basketball Bill Murray. Like you, you know how every hipster just has a Bill Murray quote that they love, and Pop's been like that for people for years. And now that he can't win, now that he's not able to win, now he wants to be all salty and everything. Go home, Pop. Take your money. Go home. Take your rings. Coach TMUSA, get out my life. My biggest problem with this, Walker, is that he says that the three-point shot has made the game less fun. And what I think he actually means is that it's made it less fun for him and maybe Mm -hmm. some other coaches because what the three-point shot has done really – and the proliferation of the three-point shot, it's democratized the game. 
See, these coaches all had these like ice to pick and roll and all of these inside strategies on how to play defense and offense. And, and it was, it was sort of like scientific nomenclature. Only they could know it. And us Cretans, us fans, we didn't get to know the ins and outs of basketball, the deep strategy that goes into basketball. And then all of a sudden you have Trey Young taking shots from the logo and says, Uh-oh. stick that in your strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Ice that. Kimba Whopper? <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> oh, I hit my breaking news. So good. I hit the wrong sound effect. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the Utah Jazz game. Out. Ooh.